Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Love so deadly. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. There's a small group of plots in a cemetery in Waterville, Maine. Six of them are children, three children under the age of seven. Three died in 1954 and the other three in 1966. This is the family plot of Carl and Constance Fisher, a family tormented by mental illness, so much so that Constance drowned all of her children in two horrifying increments that took place 12 years apart. We're going to be talking about the Constance Fisher tragedy today. And it is a tragedy that is so, this is one of the hard ones. I'll say it. It's one of the, it's a hard episode, everybody. It is, I think it's important to talk about. I think it's important to talk about the context, the nature of mental illness, especially in this situation, but I'm just putting it out there. It is not going to be easy. Constance Sirwa, I think I'm saying her name right, was a child of adoption. She never knew her biological parents. She was a moody kid, a handful to her adopted family. She was not really happy growing up. When Carl and Constance met, Constance was a 17-year-old high school student, and Carl was a World War II vet, seven years her senior. This kind of felt like maybe an answer to her unhappiness, to feeling displaced, to feeling like she didn't belong. After they married in 1946, Carl got a job working for the Maine Central Railroad, and Constance was a housewife. The two lived peacefully at 31 High Street in Waterville, Maine, and had three kids, Richard, Daniel, and Deborah Kay. On March 8, 1954, Carl returned home from work and found things silent, which was weird considering his oldest son was almost seven, his middle child was five, and his small daughter was about a year old. Carl walked through the house. Daniel and Deborah were still laying in their beds, swaddled in blankets. Then he stepped into the bathroom and saw Richard in the tub, floating face down. Carl looked frantically for Constance, who he couldn't find. He called for help and eventually found her. She was under their bed, unconscious, a bottle of selsum shampoo spilled on the floor by her side. She was miraculously still breathing. At the hospital, Constance calmly told the police what happened. A few hours after her husband left for work, around 11 a.m., she killed her children. First Daniel, after she played with him in the bath, then Deborah the same way. She rolled both of them in towels and put them in their beds. Richard, she killed after he came back from school around 3.30 quickly before she knew her husband was coming home. After the murders, she wrote a suicide note and swallowed the shampoo. 
The doctor had prescribed it for a case of psoriasis a few days earlier, warning her that it was poisonous and it was not good for children. The scene at their house was grim the day that Carl came home. The family Bible lay open on the table. The children's slippers and toys littered the floor. On the kitchen table was a suicide note on the back of a paper bag. It was addressed to Carl. It said, It was so hard to do, but God told me it was the only way I could save them. They are in heaven, safe forever from evil. I hope you will forgive me. Please forget about all of us. Maybe you don't think I love them. Oh, I did, but I did. My heart is breaking. I loved you. I loved them. Let's take a little break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Today's episode is sponsored by Best Fiends. I have to tell you about Best Fiends. It's a fun puzzle game on your mobile phone. If you know me, you know I love to research true crime, the paranormal, hauntings, and weird history, but sometimes even I need a break. And Best Fiends is perfect. It really challenges my brain with all the fun puzzles, but it's a casual game, so it doesn't stress me out. I love that every time I open the game, there's always something new going on. Whether it's a new challenge, fun monthly event, or just new levels. I just reached level 500, so I'm pretty proud of myself. I love going through all the puzzle levels. It's really relaxing. This awesome mobile puzzle game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. The makers of Best Fiends have created a whole world right on my phone. It's bright and colorful with great graphics, and there's a story behind all these cute characters. I'm a huge Thorn fan, actually. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on this game. So join me and millions of other people who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. How are you doing? Hello, are you doing okay? Yeah, I had another Impossible Burger. I know I keep everyone updated. If yeah, I have this, an is, this is an important note. That I've had my second Impossible Burger. How Did it differ much from the first one? I mean, I ate it so fast, I didn't know what was <laughs> happening. So I, I don't know how to enjoy things. Yeah. Well, usually I send Jason home from recording with a couple ice cream fish, which are delicious ice cream cones shaped like fish, and there's different flavored ice and, cream and inside. Yeah, so. like a white fish, salmon flavor. Yeah, salmon cone. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's really great. She really, she's like, yeah, here, yeah, enjoy uh, this. And here's fun. a little the sweet and the savory. What do you want from and me? Halloween? She gives me a little bag of pennies. It's really, it's <laughs> dirty little pennies. It's really great. You clean them, you take them home. We want to say hello to our government. Yeah, we love our we simp we for love our government. Our gov. <laughs> <laughs> we simp for our government. <laughs> that's true. Okay, I'm just using the yeah, that's good. Hip la- lingo. It's very hip. You just did a hip thing. And we want to say hello to our mayors. Mm-hmm. Be a little Ashley Matson. Ashley. A little Ben Forsythe. Ben. And in a little Joshua Lambert. Josh. You get the mayors. Opening up for the 
headlining act, the governor, the one, the only Taylor Swift. <laughs> now, it's the bad blood. You have to enter her a song. No. Like, shake it off, shake it off. <laughs> no? Our governor, Avian Noble. Till the day you die. Until I get be, corrected. You're going to be wondering. I want to say thank you to anyone who's a patron, anyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. If you like bonus episodes, early access with no chit chat or mm-hmm. ads, it's patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Mm-hmm. And if you just want to like donate a dollar to our ice cream fish. <laughs> it's, we're desperately charity. needing dollars for ice cream fish. You can find that there's a coffee link, a coffee link mm-hmm. in the description or show notes. It's, you know, if you want to, if you don't, we get it. Yeah, the bonies, the no ads, yeah. the coffee links. And then anyway, there's so many opportunities. Yeah, or you know, if you want to do none of that, but you're like, I want to get the word out about the show, go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. The more you like or leave a comment or watch a video, it tells YouTube, I'm gonna push this video out to more people, and then people when they realize it's essentially a ghost town front, oh. uh, then more people listen to Ghost Town and you can really help that way. And mm-hmm. thank you to anyone. People are still Buying up those Cecil Hotel shirts and hoodies, it's really great. And and, and it goes to the Skid Row Housing Trust and then the Jim's Burger Shop ones, like the retro Mm -hmm. ones, the Jetsons ones. They go to the Boys and Girls Club. And you could find that at ghosttownpod.com slash store, or you can find a link in the description. And if I see you, if you live in Los Angeles and I see you on the street with one of those shirts, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to be so happy. I might come hug you. Hopefully you're vaccinated. I will be. We'll find it. You'll find out after the fact. (laughs) Or they'll be like, why are you hugging me? I'll figure it out. You're like, oh, you're the one who sang, did a bad blood shake it off medley. All right. I remember you. (laughs) That's a medley mashup. Yeah. That's right. It's my remix. Oh, real quick. We got a one and done Apple podcast review. One and, what is it? Not one and done. No, so this is like two or three. Oh, I thought. We're also recording this a little sooner than our normally because Rebecca's. throwing us off? Yeah. I'm going to wine country tomorrow. So I'll be. Instagramming with a bucket of wine in my system, if anyone's interested in that. No? And I'm going to be editing this part right here probably (laughs) tomorrow. But thank you to anyone who's given an Apple Podcast review. We appreciate it. If you haven't, we encourage you to do so. Hello. Hi. Nope. That's just the name of the thing. (laughs) The computer can't talk back. (laughs) Hello. Five stars. But this is for you, Rebecca. I love the banter. But I miss hearing about Rebecca's dating life. If I didn't have an awesome wife and a steady job, I would fly to LA and take her on a mediocre, perhaps borderline forgettable date. A man can dream. Oh. That's from Germ Germ Gal. Germ Germ Gal. Germ Gal. Germ Gal. Let me tell you a little something about dreams. (laughs) I have a lot of dreams, and that's none of them. Number one in the in the thing is I'm being taken out on the date. Germ Gal, Germ Gal, listen to me. Yeah. Drop the wife. Drop the life. Get out here. We'll go on two dates. We'll text a little bit afterwards. And then It'll ghosted. fizzle out. <laughs> stuck here. <laughs> You'll be stuck. LA adjacent, Pomona, Riverside, whatever. You'll have to build it back up. You'll build it back up. You'll get your wife back. You'll beg for her back. You'll go back to wherever you came from. You'll finally be assembling your life again. And then I'm going to text you. <laughs> and he's like, well. Let's give it another shot. And we're back out here drinking vodka sodas together the sweet polluted breeze of la and our hair do you have hair i hope you have hair well i want to tell you something about dreams my dream <laughs> at the very minimum is i'd be taken out 
for number one is I'd be taken out on a mediocre. I mean, mediocre is fine. That's great. I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. I'd be taken out on the date for mm-hmm. starters. <laughs> Jason's rider, his date rider. Yeah. I was like, let me tell you a little something about dreaming. No, I miss talking about dating too, but I am in a relationship and it's not as insane as the dates that I went on. They haven't met. She just keeps sending him money. <laughs> He for doesn't for his, his cell phone bill. Yeah, his, but the thing is, someone's it, got a phone. I, I don't know why the video camera doesn't work on his phone. <laughs> it's it, okay. He doesn't. His, his computer's old. His phone is cracked. <laughs> I don't know what you want. I got one blurry photo of his foot once, <laughs> and that you paid for. Because <laughs> otherwise, the dad, the data plan. The, listen, I don't have to explain this to. I have to. Don't you judge me? You're in love. Don't you judge line. me? You donate to our Patreon. I'll tell you more. Okay, <laughs> that's my Patreon plug. In any case, yeah, I'm always down to tell a story. Mostly don't do it on the podcast because people hate it. <laughs> but how we get back to this sad story, maybe. Yeah, the part that people hopefully will at least, you know, uh, be interested in. And, and, and Yes. And it is, of- it is weird. I just want to acknowledge it is weird. We're going from break, which is very jovial, back to sadness. But again, I think it's, it's an important story to be told. So everyone was shocked when Constance Fisher killed her three children. You know, Waterville, Maine at the time, it was 1954. It was a quiet, happy town. Constance, and I think maybe I lose track of this when I was researching, she was only 23 years old. She got married as a teenager. She seemed to have kind of moved from being a troubled teen into a pretty, enthusiastic, friendly person who seemed in love with her husband, her kids, her life. Of course, that was not the case. That's just a facade that, you know, people really latched onto, especially because she didn't have a lot of close friends. Soon after her marriage, she had more problems to confront. Anxiety and depression brought on by worry over money, kids, and her cramped home. She continually heard voices and saw visions telling her to do things. She had apparently attempted suicide early on in her marriage and was taken to therapy by her husband and prescribed a sedative and phenobarbital for her anxiety, which she also attempted suicide with. So after she went to the hospital... She was taken to Augusta State Hospital, which is a mental institution, for observation. I wanted someone to baby me, she told one of the psychiatrists assigned her there. The doctors diagnosed her as a paranoid schizophrenic, and at her trial, she was declared not guilty by reason of insanity. In June of 1955, Augusta State Hospital became Constance's new home. Her treatment there was, well, let's say it was very 1950s. They shocked her body with insulin, high doses of hormones designed to put patients into a coma or induce seizures, a lot of that. The method was soon found to be dangerous and ineffective and quickly discontinued, thank God. But she also showed signs of improvement at Augusta State Hospital. There was some actual therapy going on. She was in group and individual therapy. She didn't have to worry about the responsibilities of marriage and motherhood that seemed to plague her. She took ballet classes. She was on a softball team. She even acted in the Augusta State Hospital plays and contributed to their literary journal called Outlook, which published her poetry. She was no longer hearing voices or having visions and was calm and pretty nice to the psychiatrist, staff, and other patients. In 1955, her husband began the legal process to get her released. At the first hearing in 1957, her psychiatrist gave a definite no, she would not be released. By 1958, her doctors had to admit that she had shown no signs of psychosis for years, and it might be safe to release her. In 1959, fueled in part by a national effort to deinstitutionalize mental patients, psychiatrists decided she posed no risk to herself or others, and she was released. In May 1959, a happy Carl picked up Constance and took her to a new house he had built just for her. And then they started over. 
They had the new house. They revitalized their marriage. They started a new life together. Within a year of her release, Constance and Carl gave birth to her fourth baby, Kathleen, followed in 1962 by Michael John, and in 1965, Natalie Rose. For the first few years, the now 35-year-old Constance leaned back into family life. But after Natalie's birth, Constance started to unravel again. The worries, depression, even the voices started slowly coming back. At this point, the voices talked a lot about the end of the world. On June 30th, 1966, Carl returned from work again to a completely silent house. What must be the most traumatic deja vu of all time, he looked in the bathroom and saw baby Natalie face down in the tub. Constance had once again drowned her three children. She then again tried to kill herself with overdosing on household drugs and injuring herself with a pellet gun and kitchen knife. I hope you understand, she wrote in a suicide note to Carl. It's the only way I could be sure they would go to heaven. Constance did not die. When she did regain health and consciousness, she was recommitted to the Augusta State Hospital, but this time it was definitely permanent. In October 1973, shortly after poor Carl decided he couldn't stand the sadness, he stopped visiting her. Constance escaped her confinement and leaped into the nearby Kennebec River. Her body was found on the riverbank a few days later. Constance Fisher was laid to rest next to her six children, and in 1990, Carl died and took his place beside Constance and the children in the family plot at 69 years old. And that is the sad, horrifying story of Constance Fisher and the tragedy that befell her and her family. I was happy to hear that they seem to take mental health seriously when it's very easy to dismiss, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, sure medicine and, 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 you know, just the, the growth of the mental health industry, you know, has grown over the years. And sometimes it is, it's like a lot of like medication or, well, you're just a stressed out mom, Mm -hmm. you're, or you're a hysterical woman. I imagine that might play into that, not really solving the problems, but it seems like at least they made efforts to, uh, do what they could, but it, you know, is there like I don't know what was what what the ongoing work is that you have to do. I don't know. Is it just like keep taking these pills mm-hmm. and that'll do the trick? It's it's uh, it's a really it's a really tough thing, and I don't know why. Like the thing of like, there's got to be a lot of pressure and being like, okay, well, I'm gonna have three more kids, yeah, in a relatively short amount of time. That's a lot of pressure. For you know the person that's the most balanced, yeah. I imagine it seems like a little like a, kind of a bad. I mean, I understand it's like you know you want a, a family and understand those things, and but I also it, it's I, I can't imagine that if she didn't have any more kids or maybe just had one, yeah, very easy for me to say sitting here, but there probably would be less stress. Would the end result be any different? I, I don't know, but I got to imagine that's puts a lot of stress on the body and the mind and, you know, sleep and, and worry and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotta be so complicated and fraught and already you're living in a society that doesn't wholly, I mean, not that we do now contemporarily, like that we understand mental illness or how best to treat it. We don't. And certainly, you know, in the fifties and sixties, like, of course they didn't, they knew much worse than we do now. So that's going to be really complicated. This, this relationship, when I was researching this, I kept thinking about, the marriage and how fraught and just sad and complicated that must be and how she must feel like she owes him so much and he must feel like he is her guardian and protector. And, you know, 
I can't think of a more complicated relationship than than what I was researching. That's really sad. I mean, it's just incredibly sad. It's it's incredibly hard, also because you know schizophrenia is it's heartbreaking, and 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 she must have thought at a certain point that she was totally capable too. But you know, mental illness it's a, a process. It's not linear. And again, me saying this from a place where I'm in a in a much better place than the people in this in this situation. But yeah, inc- incredibly sad, really hard. The expectation too of women at the time must have also been just a huge burden when you're already a person with mental illness who has had an unstable past. And the fact that like he was, it was just too much for him to keep visiting her. I mean, of course it's gotta be really hard. And I mean, I don't know. It's like not one of these things where I'm like, at least from what I'm getting from this, I don't know these people intimately, like you're wrong. You're right. You know, it's, it's just tough to hear that you're just like lo- like obviously she wasn't getting better the second time around. Mm-hmm. The first time it was like things were going well and probably could have stayed in there longer or or yeah. maybe not come out and be like well, let's put a lot of stress. But also it's like well, what he's you know you got you can only do what you think yeah. is right and then just to be like in there lo- like lonely and then just be like the second I have a chance to escape, I'm sure she was. Being like, I'm going to escape and I'm going to jump in that river. Yeah. And that's going to be the end of it. Not, I'm going to escape. What should I do? And last minute, I'm going to jump in the river. I assume that's probably something that she's probably like, this is my plan. It's just like a really sad, uh, yeah. really, really sad ending. Yeah. And there's a really great book. I probably mentioned it on a past podcast episode, but it's called Hidden Valley Road. And it's about schizophrenia around the same time. And a lot of similar themes and notes and just, again, really sad and just, you know, the medical community desperately trying to understand mental illness and, and what they can do and what an ongoing struggle it is. So, man, I don't know. I don't know how we end that one, but uh, all, all I know is you lost me when you asked me to read a book. Oh. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.